Welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall, a paramedic, podcaster, prognosticator, prophet, prodigy, and your purveyor of hardcore podography. With three ex-wives and three ex-houses, I am the foremost authority on all things asshole-related. And now, I invite you to come sail with me on this ocean of ideas, and we'll try to weather this storm of stupidity together. Thank you for tuning in, and remember folks, you make me famous, and I'll make you famous. That's how this works. Make something like this up, or add something to it, or or whatever it may be. I can't, I can't even, I'm an advocate. And that, of course, is Jussie Smollett, or Smollett. And he's actively denying that he had anything to do with the whole attack that he received at 2 o'clock in the morning, minus 50 degree weather, and he went out to get himself a Subway sandwich. He was brutally attacked by two white guys. And MAGA hats, and they called him a nigger and a, a faggot, and they said this is MAGA country. Bullshit. Jesse Smollett's been charged with disorderly conduct and allegedly, allegedly, filing a false police report. Police spokesman Anthony, Anthony Guglimi... I don't know how to say that shit, too Italian for me, but anyway, said that the Cook County State's Attorney's Office approved the charge, which is a Class 4 felony that carries a possible prison sentence of one to three years. The actor could receive probation instead of jail time. Of course he'll receive probation. He'll have to go to some kind of counseling and bullshit like that. Actually, he needs counseling, because the young man has Trump derangement syndrome. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. You know, all kidding aside, this is sick, man. It's really sick. He needs some help. Reacting to the charge, Smollett's lawyer said in a statement, like any other citizen, Mr. Smollett enjoys the presumption of innocence, Kavanaugh, particularly when there has been an investigation like this one where information, Kavanaugh, both true, Kavanaugh, and false, false has been repeatedly leaked Kavanaugh given these circumstances we intend to conduct a thorough investigation Kavanaugh and mount a legal defense Kavanaugh the statement concluded early Wednesday an attorney representing the two brothers implicated in the alleged scheme by Smollett told reporters that the pair testified before a grand jury for a total of two and a half hours their attorney said that uh, they appeared before the grand jury and did not testify as part of a plea deal with prosecutors. She also said that they were not granted any kind of immunity from prosecution. Hours prior, Chicago's local CBS affiliate obtained video of the brothers purchasing a red hat and ski mask from a store the day before the alleged attacks. The store's surveillance footage appears to show the two bringing the items to the counter for the cashier to ring up. How much you selling that weed for, old man? Smollett, who is African-American and openly gay, which is why he will never, ever see the inside of a jail cell, reported that he was physically attacked while he was getting a sandwich, uh, went to Subway, 
around 2 a.m. on January the 29th in minus 50 degree weather because that happens. Near his home in downtown Chicago, he said that masked men shouted the slurs and yelled, this is MAGA country because people hang out with a pair of uh, ski masks. Well, you might have a ski mask on. It was minus 50. But, you know, they hang out with rope and bleach just on the off chance that a black gay guy might come along getting a sandwich in minus 50 degree weather so that they can be racist and homophobic. So that's what that is, and that's a little follow-up on the story we had on last episode, and now it is time for News versus News. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the spectacular KPS Arena. Let's get ready to rumble! Okay, today we've got NBC News and Fox News, and they're both going to be commentating on good old Bernie Sanders. He's joined the race again. Yes, that's right. The old dried-up prune is going to give it another shot. I think he should have learned his lesson, Hillary Clinton. Said, hell no, you ain't doing it. And this time, it's going to be the same way because nobody wants Bernie. Except all those kids out there who want free, 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 free. Free, 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 except it ain't free, folks. You got to pay for it somehow or another. Free health care, free education, minimum wage that's outrageous. All that has to come out of somebody's pocket. And guess whose pocket that's going to end up coming out of? Mine and yours. That's how that's going to work. You just watch and see. But anyway, that's my opinion. Let's see what NBC has to say about it. Bernie Sanders jumping back into the presidential race again. He is running officially. I tell you what, this is this is Act Two. Act Two. And it's going to be fascinating because, as everybody remembers, forty-three years ago, Bernie Sanders energized the Democratic Party, uh, and and young people energized so many young people. It was free, 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 free. Free, 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 free. Uh, shut up. Uh, he was fighting uphill most of the time because the Democratic Party establishment was all on board with Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, and as uh, some people uh, suggested, uh, parts of the process at times appeared to be skewed towards Hillary Clinton or others might say rigged. Okay, this is an article from NBC News Online in November of 2017, and it says, in part, the issue of whether the party was playing favorites in 2016, referring to the Democratic Party, has been thrust to the fore this week after former Democratic National Committee interim chair Donna Brazile released an excerpt of a forthcoming book that alleges the party, under her predecessor, allegedly let itself be taken over by the Clinton campaign ahead of the 2016 presidential primaries through such an agreement. Almost two years since the start of the Democratic primary season, the party is still fighting many of the same battles with both both sides insisting they want to move on if only the other would let them. Bullshit. Mark my words, I'm I'm giving you a heads up right now. 2020, it's going to be a bad, bloody battle in the Democratic Party. Um, but, Mike, it's a different year. And it was very easy. Then he was sort of like, if you ever saw The Matrix, he was like Neo against the machine. This is your last chance. 
After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Like he was, he was the outsider versus the establishment. Now, he, and he had that lane by himself. Yeah, it was a was, big lane. And he was right, Joe. And, and he was right. There's some journalistic integrity. I don't hold jail against you. I hate a liar. Make him fight. Make him scrap. Make him earn the nomination. Yep. And that makes him better general election candidates. But now that lane is crowded. You've got Cory Booker. You've got Kamala Harris. You have Kirsten Gillibrand. Elizabeth Warren, of course, uh, will probably... Uh, those two will be probably uh, fighting for the same votes more than anybody else on that list. Joe freaking Scarborough of NBC News, did you just indicate, did you just infer, did you just insinuate that because these ladies are ladies, and I use that term loosely, because these are women that are running for president, that they're going to be vying for the same votes? Isn't that a little bit sexist? Isn't that a lot sexist? Shouldn't somebody be calling him out? Shouldn't somebody be hashtag me tooing him? I mean, damn. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a different run, a tougher run for Bernie this time. It's gonna be a much tougher run for him. It's a wide and diverse and deep field. Uh, you get the anecdotal impression right now. Kamala Harris is really on the verge of breaking out a little more than any of the other candidates. Candidates here are being confronted with questions about whether or not they were too quick to condemn the attackers in the Jussie Smollett case, including Senator Kamala Harris. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching that... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> Jussie Smollett. Um... Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very... um I'll be damned if Kamala Harris didn't sound fucking presidential right there. Uh, Okay, 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 um... What tweet? I just tweeted it out a couple of days ago, and it's all in the news, but... What tweet? <laughs> Shut up, stupid ass. I just wonder who temperamentally, of, of that uh, group that we just saw up on the screen, who temperamentally, like it or not, whether you want to see it or not, can stand up to Trump? Because that's ultimately what Democrats are looking for, correct? That's the bottom line. Someone who can beat Jane. Donald Trump. That's who the Democrats are looking for, CNN's looking for, Al Jazeera's looking for, CBS News is looking for, ABC News is looking for, uh, MSNBC's looking for, pretty much anybody in the mainstream media, that's who they're looking for. Somebody that can stand up to Trump. And I hate to tell them this, but I don't think that's going to happen because he's pretty badass whenever he gets on stage and gets a mic in his hand. Now, sometimes his shots go a little wide, and they go a little wild, but when it's smoking hot down the middle, nobody can hit it. Nobody can hit his heat. Just saying. That would hit 106. That would be a new record for the hardest. 
hardest pitch ever thrown. We're talking about ideology right now. Let me tell you something. This will shock all of my dear friends on the left on Twitter and all of my dear friends mm -hmm. on the right on Twitter. But ideology, at the end of the day, just doesn't matter. Until the first time that candidate grabs a microphone, starts talking, and she or he owns the room. Or CNN, which is so bad and so pathetic, and their ratings are going down. Right? That's how you own a room. Yeah. Then forget yeah. about ideology. It becomes about leadership. Maybe that's Bernie's path. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe Bernie Sanders getting back into the game might not be too bad. I mean, he's only in his early hundreds. So, I mean, he should be good to go. But anyway, let's see what Fox News has to say about it. Sanders joining the race for 2020 today and taking a swipe at Howard Schultz, accusing the former Starbucks CEO of trying to blackmail Democrats. Sanders claims Schultz is threatening to run as an independent, potentially splitting the left-leaning vote and allowing a Trump victory in order to force Democrats to choose a centrist candidate. It would be super funny to me to see Howard Schultz, a billionaire that used to be over Starbucks, running against Donald Trump, a billionaire. It would be billionaire versus billionaire. Then all this one percenter crap and all these people that are in this socialist mode and AOC and all these people, they'd have a hell of a quandary there because, you know, then it would be money versus money. And, well, they're against money unless they're taking somebody else's money. Uh, from Howard Schultz, he posted this on Monday. I will not be a spoiler. I am committed to ensuring I will do nothing to re-elect Donald Trump. I mean it. The stakes are too high to cross our fingers and hope the Democratic Party nominates a moderate who can win over enough independents and disaffected Republicans and even fellow Democrats to defeat Trump next year. I think that's interesting what he said right there because he kind of gave out a veiled shout out to the hashtag walk away movement. And if you don't know what that is, if you if you Google hashtag walk away or if you're on Twitter or uh, something like that, you can any kind of social media, you just put hashtag walk away and you're going to get stories about Democrats who are walking away from the Democratic Party because they realize that over the years, the Democrat Party has repeatedly told them that it's not their fault that the Republicans are keeping them down. The Republicans are the reasons why that that capitalism is the reason why and all these tax incentives and the rich and class warfare and all these things, that's why you're in such a hard, hard state. That's why your world is in such a bad shape. That's why that you're you're not you don't have a job. That's why that you don't have enough money or whatever. It's that constant blame the other guy, don't take personal responsibility thing that the Democrats seem to. And, and you know, I got friends who I'm sure are Democrats. And, and hey, you guys, if, if I'm wrong, tell me. Come on my podcast. I'll, I'll debate you. But I've got all kinds of examples of that. You know, AOC's worried to death about giving $2 billion worth of tax incentives to Amazon, even though Amazon is a huge company and it's worth billions and billions of dollars. But, 
you know, a $2 billion, $2.5 billion, whatever it was, $2.5 billion tax incentive and a half half billion dollar uh, capital outlay for them to bring in 25,000 jobs that averaged $150,000 a year to Queens, New York, and those jobs would be sustained over a very long period of time. That just makes sense to me. I mean, if the I mean the government doesn't create jobs, but if the government can incentivize rich people, rich companies to come in and spend their money in that area, that's what governments are supposed to do. You're supposed to incentivize these people so that they'll be able to bring jobs and opportunity to the people so they can work for themselves and be able to do for themselves. Because if you gave the three million three billion dollars, I'm sorry, with a B, three billion dollars with a B out to the people in Queens, you know, that's gonna come out to about three hundred and fifty bucks a piece, maybe a month's worth of groceries. That's what she wants to do, put it into the community. All this to say that all this this socialist idea that you're going to be able to give people things and you're going to be able to give people education and you're going to be able to give them health care and you're going to be able to give them I, it's just it blows my mind that people don't understand that there's no way to pay for this it's not su- sustainable we're already 20 trillion dollars plus in debt it's horrible it's getting worse every day it's not getting better i digress let's get back and see what else fox has to say when it comes to Bernie Sanders, is Howard Schultz really his biggest problem? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think he is. I, I, I think that Senator Sanders was pretty pointed in, in holding Schultz to account, though, and, and I hope that Mr. Schultz will not be a spoiler in this race, in this primary, in the general election. And so I, I hope he stay, stands true to his words. But I think Senator Sanders was making a broader point about the, the danger of, of dark money and, and, and the, just the fallout from, from the 2010 Supreme Court decision, Citizens United. The fact that anyone can spend billions of dollars and, and really have an outsized voice in an election really takes power away from the people. Anybody that would accuse me of being a Republican can kiss my ass because I'm not a Republican, I'm a Libertarian. And right there, what that Democratic strategist just said is one of the reasons why. Because the Republicans are the ones that passed campaign finance reform, made it legal for people to have super PACs and to be able to spend basically untold millions and billions of dollars on campaigns. They say that like 2% of the people in the world run politics, basically, because they have the most money. Those 2% people have the most money. Now, here's where I deviate from maybe a left-wing area or something like that. See, I don't think that it's right that if you have Say you have a million dollars to spend at your discretion. It's discretionary funds to you. You have a million dollars to spend it any way you want to. And I have a thousand dollars to spend it any way I want to. That's my discretionary fund because I'm poor and you're rich. Well, poor is a strong word. Maybe I'm a middle class guy. But either way, you get the idea. One guy's got a million. The other guy's got a thousand. And one of them is a Democrat and the other one is a Republican. According to the law and the way the finances are set up now, you can go in and spend a million dollars on your candidate, and I can spend a thousand on mine. Well, guess whose voice is going to get heard more? Think about that. You're a thousand times more powerful dollar-wise than I am. Now, how is that fair just because you have more money? 
you don't have a stronger voice. If they really want to make it even and they really want to make it the right way, in my opinion, what they ought to do is set it up so that you can only spend X number of dollars and that's it. There's a cap and that's it, period. That's all you can spend on campaigns. And once they did that, then people like Libertarian Party candidates would be able to get into the game and would be able to be more viable candidates because right now you talk about a rigged system against uh, Bernie Sanders with uh, Hillary Clinton. It's really rigged against another party besides the Republicans and the Democrats. I mean, you get occasional independent people, but even those people are affiliated. Independent guy in the Senate, but guess what? He caucused with the Democrats, so really, was he independent? I don't think so. He maybe not had any party affiliation officially, but he was a Democrat for all intents and purposes. And that's my point. Uh, the way that the system is is there's so much money on both sides, and it's never going to be changed. It's never going to be changed because the people that are in power are the ones that benefit from all this money that comes in. So he's right. He's very right when he says that uh, the Republicans were the ones that were able to change the campaign finances so that people are they basically can spend unlimited amounts of money. And if you've got billions of dollars, guess what? You have a lot more voice. If you're a billionaire, you have so much more voice than, say, a million other people. If those million people got together, every one of those million people would have to give a $1,000 just to have a billion dollars because that's what a billion is. It's a thousand million. And when you start putting those two things together, when you start saying, I don't have that much money, then you don't have that much voice. Not in America. If you don't have money, you're shit out of luck. You're a piece of shit as far as the political system is concerned. And that's just wrong. It's just wrong. And we need to change it. We need to allow third party, fourth party, fifth party, hell, any any amount of parties to get in there. We should be uh, forming coalition governments. This two-party system is bullshit. It's just complete and utter horse shit, bullshit. I call the shit on the shit. It's just wrong. Okay, let's listen to some more. But no, I don't think that, that Howard Schultz is, is Bernie Sanders' biggest problem. I think I think for Senator Sanders, actually, it, this is an interesting year for him. And I think in a, in a way, he missed his moment in 2016 when he had Hillary Clinton run against as a foil. If you look at the, the very crowded primary now, uh, many many candidates uh, track with Senator Sanders in, in a number of his of his policy positions, or at least are closely enough aligned with him from mm. a values perspective. I think it's going to be more challenging for the senator to break through this year. He needs a foil. He had a binary with Hillary Clinton. 2016. He doesn't have that anymore. So I think picking a fight with Howard Schultz, a billionaire and, and sort of, you know, benefiting from that dynamic is helpful to him. But to your point, the Overton window has shifted. He is a victim of his own success in the sense that the policy conversation has moved that far to the left. Um, you're already seeing, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren out in that lane out in front of him. Reported from New Hampshire that Bernie Sanders was able to raise $1.4 million in four right. hours. Over a million dollars in four hours. So that's that's what I was talking about with the problem with the whole system is that the people who are in the establishment are able to stay in the establishment and we're not able to change things. And that really irritates me. It chaps my ass. It grinds my gears. 
But a Democratic candidate who has taken a different tactic, uh, this is Senator Amy Klobuchar. She's here talking about free college. He did ask you yes or no. Would you support no. free college for all? I am not for free four-year college for all. No. Maybe I need to check out Amy Klobuchar. Not for free college. I think she goes on to explain why. Let's listen. Um, and I wish if I was a, a magic genie and could give that to everyone and we could afford it, I would. I'm just trying to find a mix of incentives. Dave, are Democrats um, in the grassroots interested in hearing ideas that are real, more centrist like that? Yeah, I, look, Dana, I disagree with the fundamental premise that, that the party has shifted so far leftward. I, I don't think that's the case. Okay, let's see what one of the stars of the Democrat Party has to say about the 2020 election. Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. For me, I, I reject that outright. I reject the rationale. Okay. I reject the rationale of saying... Adopting the same insurance models or a similar insurance model to any other developed country in America is unrealistic. I reject that. I reject the idea that single payer is, is impossible. I reject the idea that universal health care is impossible. All of these things are possible. When we talk about what I want in a 2020 candidate, I want a 2020 candidate that says we can do these things. What she's saying is, give me your money. Give me your money. And I will spend it the way that it's supposed to be spent because I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you. And I know how to do things better than you because, cause, you know, like, you know, yeah. She's an idiot. And that is where the party's going because they elected her. She got elected. So don't tell me the party's not going that direction. I think what you're seeing uh, is a really diverse set of candidates to match an incredibly diverse Democratic mm -hmm. primary electorate. And so this is part of the process where candidates are going to try to differentiate themselves, define their campaigns through very overarching sort of narrative ideas, really bringing to life the story of America through, through values and through statements and, and commitments and policies. Thank you, Captain Obvious. My work here is done. And you're seeing that with Senator Warren when she talks about uh, early childhood educa education and also child care, which, by the way, is one of the biggest impediments to uh, families, particularly poor families, from really breaking through and, and reaching the middle class. So she's right to bring that up. Uh, but equally, when Senator Klobuchar talks about heartland economics what you're seeing there is is the senator really channeling hey democrat strategist what about bernie sanders i thought that's who we were talking about who she is where she comes from and the values that are infusing her her mm -hmm. campaign and so look i don't buy the premise that the parties move to the left i think this is a healthy exchange of ideas what about bernie sanders I think the trick is for Amy Klobuchar and people trying to maintain that obvious general election appeal they might have, uh, you have to straddle the fact that the entry of Bernie Sanders... And there he is. I knew they'd get back to him eventually. The conversation happening on the left, particularly with AOC as the sort of pace car for this field, uh, she's going to have to um, have that tension and deal with it. She's mm -hmm. backing the Green New Deal resolution, yep. but then picking her battles with uh, not backing free college. So Liam, it's going to be a delicate dance. You'll be pleased to know that I even know what a pace car is. So. I say, I think that girl was attempting to make a joke. Perhaps we should give her some polite laughter. <laughs> In accordance with the World News Boxing Council's president, B.D. McClure, we are judging on the 10-point must system in three rounds 
of competition, the presentation of facts, the reporting style, and the objectiveness of the report. Our judge, Alton Wright, scores it 10-9, 10-9, 10-9 for Fox News. Mohammed Mike scores it 10-9, 10-9, 10-9 for NBC. And that leads to a tie. And, of course, the tiebreaker is the referee, and I am the referee, your humble host of Kevin's podcast show, Kevin Marshall. These are my scores. On the facts of the case, I give the score a 10-9 for Fox. On the objectiveness of the case, I give 10-9 for Fox. However, on the reporting style, I give it a 10-8 with a, a penalty phase for Fox News because the main reporter was super obnoxious and that stupid joke at the end was stupid, stupid, stupid. So we have our first ever tie in the World Boxing Council, 85 to 85 on a 10-point must system. It is a draw, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, friends. Unknown Redneck here on Kevin's Podcast Show. I want you to know I come in the other day from the woodworking factory after working 12 hours and there laid Kurt Angle on that third couch in my living room. And he had this purple thing on his head. And I said, Patchy, what you got on your head? And he said, it's a do-rag. I said, a what? He said, a do-rag. I said, what in the world's a do-rag? And why are you wearing one? Because you don't do nothing. He said, it's something to keep his hair grease on the inside. So he'd grow his hair out. Make yourself a man bun. I said, Lord, have mercy. What's this world come to? Well, anyhow, I went on past him because I was over that. Cheryl done had supper ready, and I went in there and ate a little bit. And it's pretty good, I'm just going to tell you right now. But she's trying to start cooking Ragler, and she's going to try to start making us eat clean. Whatever that's supposed to mean. I thought she washed everything before she cooked it anyhow. Well, anyhow, what she made was pretty good, but it wasn't no beans and taters. I'm just going to tell you that right now. And Starla Jean and her man, that uh, John, Jean, Luke, John, that Frenchy feller, well, I reckon they got their song picked out. Here it is. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I That's right. I can't help falling in love with you. That's my good singing voice right there, youngins. Free charge. Ain't as good as the king, but I'm pretty dang close. Anyhow, yep, they took my advice, they quit arguing about it, and they picked that song out, and I reckon that's what they're gonna dance to when they get married. And that tickles me to death, because I don't like to see them youngins arguing. And besides that, Starla Jean's got too much to worry about being the manager down there making them biscuits at the Hardy's. Well, anyhow, youngin', that's just a tiny bitty update on this Friday evening on Kevin's podcast show from the Unknown Redneck, and honey, you know where I am. It is shout-out time, and of course, my first shout-out goes to Anchor Podcast App. This is how I produce my podcast, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, then I highly suggest you go see them, because it's free and it's easy. And they get my little old podcast on places like Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast App, Google Playcast, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and anywhere fine podcasts can be procured. 
And shout-outs to my Facebook friends, Weird Tennessee, Hillbilly Memes, Libertarian Party of Tennessee, and Hybrid Fitness of New Tazzle, as opposed to Old Tazzle. It's owned by a buddy of mine named Danny Ramsey. If you're in the New Tazzle, Tazzle, Tennessee area, and you need to work out somewhere, give Danny a shout-out. He's on Facebook. And I highly recommend it. My YouTube shout-outs today go to Jason Albert TV, Super Funny, Super Talented, Superman, Tyler Cassidy, Great Original Music, Simba TV, Music Reviews and Comedy, Adam Calhoun, Ryan Up Church, two of the best hip-hop or country rap artists today, and also they've got all kinds of funny skits on there, and they are hilarious. So give them a check. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell them you heard it right here on Kevin's Podcast Show. And speaking of podcasts, here are my podcast shout-outs. Smugcast with AP and BJ. They do movie reviews. They go over the news. They do comedy and general nonsense. Check them out. Shift Ender Podcast with Drew McSalty. They give you the inside look on EMS, fire, rescue, pretty much anything first responder. If you're the least bit interested, this would be a great podcast for you to check out. Also, the Nick DiPaolo Show. He is a comedian who is conservative, crass, and callous. Check these people out. Subscribe to their podcast. Leave a message in their comments and let them know that you heard about it right here on Kevin's Podcast Show. And this has been the shout-outs. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah, this is Friday, February the 21st as I record this. This is a bonus KPS edition. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to discuss a little bit of something before I go. I just want everybody to know I'm very proud of what I'm about to tell you. I don't brag too much. I'm pretty arrogant, but I don't brag a whole lot. I'm just saying. But I'm bragging about this. I got banned from Twitter for 24 hours. (laughs) It was great. And do you know why I got banned? Because I called Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I called her Ocasio-Cortez, and I told her she was a dumbass. Not once, but several times. Because she kept saying that, well, losing 25,000 jobs was (laughs) a, a good thing. It was pretty cool that I got banned because I got banned for my own personal views. And, well, Twitter doesn't tell you why you get banned, okay? When you get banned, they just send you this thing, kind of a little statement, and it says that you need to reread the terms of use and all this sort of stuff and that you violated it somehow or another and you have to go back and verify a bunch of stuff. It's a a little process you have to go through. But the point of it is, is they don't tell you exactly why you're banned. But see, I don't put out enough tweets and I've not been putting out enough tweets. Uh, I'm I'm able to figure out where, where they had everything messed up. So I went back in and looked and the very tweets about Alexander Ocrazio Cortez, and she is crazy. Those were the tweets that were deleted. I didn't delete them, they deleted them. So evidently, she got butt hurt, got her little feelings hurt, and somebody on her staff, I'm sure, reported me, and then there you go. Uh, I was getting some retweets on that, and, and she even responded to one of them. So I think it, uh, the whole thing, I think she kind of pissed her off. So I'm probably going to get banned again. Just letting everybody know, not that, I mean, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I may get banned again. And if I get banned full time, guess what I'm going to do? I'll just start another Twitter account. It's not the end of the world. Uh, But I thought it was funny and I was very, very amused by it and proud because fuck her, stupid bitch. Okay, folks, until next time, I just want to remind you, struggle ain't got no color. We all struggling. 
and it's a bitch. But until next time, it's going to be deuces and duck lips. Peace. Every day, someone's talking about the wall or how much they hate Trump. This is my opinion. Here you go. Let me break this down for you real quick. I'm sitting on my wall. They got a wall. They got a wall. My neighbor's got a wall. Everybody's getting walls. Shut up, Carl. You don't even have a fence. Can't even talk. You voted for Hillary, bitch. I didn't build a fence because I don't like my neighbors. This fence separates my shit from their shit. My responsibility is taking care of my yard from their responsibilities taking care of theirs now my fence has a gate just like the wall would have and it opens to let people in who i choose should be allowed to come into my yard good people not pieces of shit like rapists child molesters things like that i get it i understand if you want to come into my yard all you gotta do is jump the fence and you're in just like the wall you could dig under or go through but once you get in my yard you're gonna have to deal with this guy and he's gonna bite your fucking arm off